Hey everyone, before we get started on the stories, I need to give a warning for sexual assault for story number two. I will also have that mentioned in the timestamps in case you want to skip it. All that being said, let's begin. I'm a 32 year old woman, but I often think about an event that took place in my childhood that could have ended extremely badly. When I was around three years old, my biological father who's no longer in my life took me skiing for some reason. I don't understand the logic of taking a toddler to the high slopes, but he often got me into sticky situations. Anyway, as a child you're often in your own little dream world. You don't necessarily see danger, and your main priorities tend to be playing in mealtimes, or just simply seeing what looks fun without any notion of consequences. I have, much later in my life than most, been diagnosed as autistic, which makes a person more susceptible to seeing others at face value and not bad. At one point on this trip, my dad and I were out in the snow, and I believe walking back from the slopes to the nearest cabin to warm up by the fire. But I was so young, I had no idea where we were, and the ski slopes all blended together. We were walking for what felt like over an hour and in the snow with heavy ski boots on. I was over it, and I wasn't paying attention to anything but craving warmth and to sit down. I had been holding my dad's hand, so we stayed together as we trekked. Obviously, he didn't want me to stray off, but at some point he must have let go of my hand, and I kept on walking forward. I don't know why he did that if he was asking someone on the slope for directions to the cabin or what had occurred. And as a young kid, I just didn't notice. I remember I was walking and walking in the same direction, and I had my hand taken yet again. I simply assumed that it was my dad. The hand felt big, and the same as his. I just kept on. I was stuck in my own world, daydreaming away. Suddenly, I sort of paused my steps going forward. It was so quiet around me, and I was noticing less and less people and trees coming up. My dad usually isn't that quiet, and I hadn't been near these particular trees. I looked to my left, and I saw the man holding my hand and walking into this isolated area of the ski slopes was not my dad. He was a tall man. My memory is hazy, but I remembered he smiled down at me and said nothing. He didn't tell me who he was. He didn't say where my dad had gone to or where we were walking to. He just smiled down at me and gently squeezed my hand, leading me onward. I knew something was not making sense. He isn't even scary looking. In fact, I remember even thinking as a kid, who's this tall redhead holding my hand? It looks so nice. I didn't feel any fear. I almost think that I was happy to be rid of my dad hoping this man would actually take me somewhere warm. He remained firm in holding my hand and leading me away from everything, until I heard from behind me a distant yell, and I then recognized it as my dad's voice, though it all felt like I was in a daze. He came up to me running and scooped me up quickly. He wasn't mad at me or anything, but it seemed like he was acting extremely quickly. My memory is very hazy at this point, but the eerie part of all this was the quiet. People weren't anywhere. No noises from animals. Nothing but the slight wind. 
I don't know if my dad talked to the men or just took me and ran quickly out of there to avoid danger himself. My dad is around 5'11", but this man was easily 6'6". I almost wonder if not only was my dad concerned for his own safety, but if that man was just something more than just a man. My dad never talked about that day with anyone. I remember that night in the cabin that he wouldn't let me leave his side because I couldn't sleep, and he also kept playing with his light-up watch. I wonder often as the years pass what exactly that man was doing and why I don't remember him saying anything or explaining himself at all. Normally, kidnappers at least attempt to weave a lie to lure a child with them, but this man just smiled and walked with me. It gives me chills to this day. I think my dad never talked about it because he thought people would judge him as a reckless parent, or maybe he thought that man was terrifying himself. I'll never know because he doesn't want to be in my life now, but if I ever see my dad again, I might ask him his perspective of that day at the ski slopes. I hope that tall man never did anything to any other child, but my gut feeling says that he probably had extremely sinister intent. This happened near the end of 2023 when I was temporarily homeless. I'm a 20-year-old female and I'm visually impaired, so that just made this entire experience even more scarier to me. I'll give a little backstory as to why I was homeless. So, I used to be in the foster care system for a long time, and ever since I aged out at 18, I've really struggled trying to find somewhere to truly settle down at. After bouncing around from place to place, I ended up leaving a guardian's care since she was stealing my money and personal belongings. I entered a housing program specific to my city, and I moved into a rent-free apartment for their six-month program to get back on my feet. Long story short, I got kicked out for not doing good enough, so I became homeless. I resided in the worst possible place to be homeless in my city. So there were a lot of druggies, assaults in all forms, alcoholics, and psychopaths. I have countless stories from just the three months I was homeless, but this one was by far the scariest. This happened about a month before I found housing. I was leaving a little church building where a pastor brought Chick-fil-A for the homeless people. And after getting my chicken sandwich, I had bumped into a guy I'd run into a few times before. Let's call him R. R asked me how I was doing, and I told him I was doing okay. He asked me if I wanted to get some ice cream with him. Since it was hot outside, despite it being October, I stupidly agreed. I had safety measures in place, along with legal self-defense weapons, so I was fairly confident I could get out of any potential situation. I know, pretty arrogant of me. Anyway, I got in the front seat and he started driving. He knew I was visually impaired, so he started telling me which ways he was turning and what direction we were going. North, south, east, west, yada yada. I ended up deciding that I didn't want ice cream, so he suggested a McDonald's that was inside of a JPS, which is a 10 or 11 floor building with a hospital, mental hospital, and a lot of other random places, including a McDonald's inside of it. Our parallel parked on the side of the road, and we got out. I held onto his elbow, which is something blind people do so they don't trip or fall. It's called Sighted Guide. 
We walked into the JPS and I needed to use the bathroom. So he showed me where the women's bathroom was and I did my thing then came out a few minutes later. I didn't see him and I started walking a little and then the dude jump scared me. I laughed and then we walked into the McDonald's with him then asking me what I wanted. I said Dr. Pepper since it's my favorite soda. He asked if that was it and I said yes. So he ordered two Dr. Peppers and we stood off to the side and waited for our drinks. About a minute later we got them and then we sat down at a booth. He started talking about life, his ex-wife, and sex. Something I forgot to mention is he constantly brought up sex when he was driving us to the JPS. He'd say stuff like, you know, if you said something like, R lay down, or R pull down your pants, I'd be like, no, I barely know you, which I immediately knew was some sort of weird manipulation tactic. I ignored it though because I was kind of a foodie, so I was really just in it for the soda. Anyway, as he keeps bringing up sex, I had looked at the time on my phone, which did have service that I was able to pay with my SSI, and I noticed that the shelter I stayed around was about to serve lunch. So I told R that I was ready to go back because I didn't want to miss lunch. He said that he could buy me lunch, but I rebutted and said that I didn't want to miss chapel, which was basically a church service that they do every day before lunch. R reluctantly agreed, and we headed back out to his giant SUV. I got back in the passenger seat, and this is where things get a little more intense. He started driving, and yep, you guessed it, he started talking about sex again. I groaned internally, and I was getting pretty frustrated with him. He moved his right hand while he talked, occasionally and accidentally hitting my breast. I say accidentally in quotations. I swatted his hand every time, so he accidentally didn't lower. He grabbed my upper thigh, more on the inside, and I tensed up, grabbing his wrist and moving his hand away from me. Mind you, he's still talking about sex. So I flat out asked him, R, do you want to have sex with me? He immediately got defensive and then said, What? No. No, I'm just talking. I barely know you. Mm-hmm, I said with extreme skepticism, and he fell silent for a bit. Obviously, I wasn't going to do anything like that with him. I just wanted to see his reaction. He started talking again, but was asking questions like if I was a virgin or did I have a boyfriend and whatnot. I said no and that I was into girls, that I'm bisexual, and I then empathized that I preferred girls. I knew that wouldn't deter him by much, but it is the truth. He kept stalling on bringing me back, and I was starting to grow increasingly frustrated. I started urging him impatiently to take me back because I didn't want to miss lunch. I also get motion sickness, so I was also trying not to puke everywhere. Eventually, he started driving me back to the shelter, but I know he wanted to take me somewhere else. As we pulled up to a little pull-in spot near the shelter, he full-on grabbed my breasts and I swatted his hands away, then reaching into my pocket grabbing my stun gun. I stunned him and then jumped out of the car, leaving my Dr. Pepper that I barely drank behind and then running into the shelter. I was frantic and several homeless women asked me if I was okay, but I said I was fine. They didn't believe me, but I didn't care. 
no one would have really done anything anyway, since the stuff happened on the street all the time. Luckily for me, I'm now renting my own apartment, and I couldn't be happier. If you take anything away from this, it's don't make stupid decisions like I did, whether you think you can handle it or not. You never know what anyone's capable of, and I'm really glad I was able to convince them to bring me back. Make sure that you always have safety plans in place, and keep close friends and family in on them. I live in the southwest United States in a major city that's known for human trafficking. I'm 25 years old, and I have a wife and two toddlers, both boys. One day my wife and I decided to go to a Turkish restaurant that my coworker recommended in the downtown area. This particular restaurant was tucked away behind some trees, and it had a sketchy alley behind it, but the restaurant itself was really nice, so I didn't think anything of it. We were greeted by the owner who was very polite and welcoming, and he set us outside. My wife sat with her back facing the front of the restaurant, which is a detail that'll make more sense later on. I was facing the restaurant with our kids between us. We ordered our food, and everything was going well until the owner brought out our food. He seemed to be looking at our kids an awful lot, and he then touched their heads and backs, saying, those are some cute kids. This made me uncomfortable, but I dismissed it. Once we started eating, I could see the owner standing at the front entrance just mad-dogging me with this piercing stare along with two of his employees. After some time, one of the employees picks up his phone and starts talking to someone in a different language and was staring right at me the entire time. At this point, I began to worry. I have never gotten this feeling of paranoia from anyone around my kids. I really felt like they were planning to take my kids, and if they decided to pull up to the restaurant from the back alley, they could snatch them in seconds. I then told my wife to take the kids to the car, but she complained that they'd be too heavy and fight her since they're toddlers. I then told her to ask for the check and to just leave ASAP. She seemed puzzled but cooperated. As soon as I got up to leave, the owner damn near ran out insisting that we order dessert. This made me livid. I firmly declined with a no, and of course this all happens the one day that I forget to bring my firearm. I quickly rushed my kids to the car while my wife paid the bill and then followed shortly after. I then explained to her that I got a gut feeling that they wanted to take our children and we sped out of the downtown area. Maybe I was being paranoid but that wasn't a risk I was going to take with my family. Just remember, to all the parents with kids out there, trust your gut when it comes to anyone you think wants to harm your children or your family. Stay safe. My name is Tanya, and I'm 46 years old. I was born in Tucson, Arizona. I was about 8 years old, so it was in the 80s. Different times back then, lots of predators. So my family, which was my mom, dad, and older brother who's five years older than me, were doing our monthly shopping at the Price Club. Shout out to those who know. So then we all entered the store together. I had long golden blonde hair and blue eyes. My dad is a big guy, okay? Like six foot three. 
My mom was 5'6", so not too short. Anyhow, we split up. My dad and brother go one way, and my mom and I go the other. So the aisles in this huge building were wide and long. So anyway, my mom and I are looking at towels and other things, and I glanced over to the next aisle, and I saw clocks. So I asked my mom if I can go play at the clocks, and they're just right there, and I point them out. She says yes, but if she calls me, then I better answer her. I agree, and I then skip away to the next aisle. I'm looking at all the clocks, and all of a sudden a man has his hand over my mouth, and he then starts smelling my hair, then whispering into my ear. Oh, you're a very pretty girl. I can give you lots of money if you just come with me. I'm crying, and I'm trying to bite scream. Then like the angel she was and my hero... My mom just appears and starts beating the shit out of this man, screaming. She was kicking his ass. He lets go of me and then runs. I run into my mom's arms and I just cry and cry. That experience changed me. So my mom scoops me up and starts running to tell someone to stop that man. Unfortunately, he got away. I pray that he never tried that again to another innocent child. I never let go of my mom's hand ever again, and I always thanked her for that. I lost my beautiful sweet mother in February of 2013. She was and will always be my hero. I miss her more and more every day. I know if there's a heaven, she's there. I try to live life like she taught me. That's how I honor her. And I thank you once again, mom, for saving me from those nightmarish things. I will always be more grateful for you on that scary day. Rest in peace, Angel. I only hope that we'll meet again one day. When I was a young child, my mom's old car would always have problems because it was actually my grandpa's. It was a platinum metallic grayish blue color. One day my mother, my sister and I had to go to Goodyear to get new tires or something. But when she got out of the car and went into the store, she took a bit too long. Since I was a baby or toddler, I can't fully remember what happened, but my sister apparently saw a man approaching our vehicle. My sister is agoraphobic, means she doesn't really like being around people. She tried to ignore the man, but she kept seeing him around the car. She started getting suspicious of the man, obviously because he was surrounding our car weirdly with little to no reason, and he didn't seem to work at the Goodyear. No uniform or anything. That's when he then tried opening the doors to the car. My sister was horrified that he would try to steal me or even try to assault us both, and luckily it's one of our anxious habits to always lock the doors, even when parked. He didn't seem to have a weapon, so that was a relief, but still anxiety-inducing. The man then seemed to get the picture that he couldn't rob us or do anything so he simply just went away. The man was never identified, and we still don't know what he wanted from us or what he wanted to do to us. Luckily, my mom came out, and my sister told her everything that happened. This is a message to everyone that has children or anyone staying in their car without a phone or contact with the driver while running errands. Always keep your doors locked and your windows rolled up. Hey, everyone. That's about it for today's stories. If you have your own story that you would like to send, 
you can send it in at southerncannibal.com or you can email it at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. I look forward to telling your story. Have a good night or good day, everyone. And remember, to always.